Welcome to the cocoon, where the 99% transform into 100%. I'm your host, Michael Baker, and you're listening to the Open Door Podcast Series. Please welcome my guest, Jesse Chin. I'm in the studio. I'm at KBOO Radio in Portland, Oregon, with a now amazing friend that I found was connected to, I should say. I don't know if it's been a year or two now, uh, but getting close to that, Jesse Chin. <laughs> Jesse Chin. Um, is is an amazing person and well i say amazing because he has the same birthday as i do right <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right that's you got connected <laughs> you are a may 28ther <laughs> yes a gemini a ge- weird that yes and don't judge people <laughs> gemini it's amazing jesse hey thanks for for uh for uh showing up today for me here where where are you are you in new york uh, well, usually I'm based out of Hoboken, which is right outside Manhattan, but right now I'm at the Jersey Shore with my family. Ah, Jersey Shore. Jesse, we have we have a lot to talk about, but uh, first, I want to make this first one. I want to introduce you to people. Um, I, like I said, I met Jesse and I through uh, one of our colleagues, Miss um, uh, Tyler Bell, and you know, she's, she's, I call her, you know, the great little connector. Uh, she is definitely a connector of people because she can see a vision and, and connect people. And she was spot on when she connected me to you. And I resonated so deeply with everything that you're doing as well. Um, like I have with so all the people I've had on my show, <laughs> that's what's going on. And I would like you just to just share for yourself what you had, you have such an amazing story. Um, and what you're doing, it just fits along with literally with what's happening in our country and our world today. And I want people to uh, hear what you're all about. So um, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what you were doing in the past and where you are. So tell us about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So, well, thanks, Michael, for having me on. I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to have been connected with you and to continue collaborating with you. Um, at these such interesting times, it's more important than ever yeah. that uh, people who are interested in changing the world come together and collaborate rather than compete. But I'm sure we'll get into that at yes. another time. But yes. um, in terms of my background, I was uh, very involved. High school college student uh, really took a pleasure in uh, being a community leader, being active within the grassroots. Uh, being involved in a bunch of different community organizations, my uh, interest in extracurricular activities and my commitment to the communities that I was part of got me a uh, great resume to apply to Deloitte Consulting with. Mm. Um, I had an information systems and operations management degree from the University of Maryland. And so I joined Deloitte in 2008 uh, with their technology strategy and management consulting practice and spent five years uh, traveling every week, uh, flying somewhere in the United States for work. And it was a great experience. I had a lot of uh, exposure to some really extraordinary clients and to some really intelligent people. But I also found it to be uh, lacking a certain level of personal fulfillment for me um, in terms of that extracurricular involvement that had always been a part of my life. And so around 2013, I actually left the firm to pursue my startup Powerline full-time. I've been working, as you know, on that for a few years now. Okay, and yeah. Powerline is a mobile app and web startup designed specifically uh, to strengthen democracy, civic engagement, and civil society. Um, 
And so that adventure itself has led me on all sorts of different uh, micro adventures and tangents, including connecting with you um, as I've sought to better understand the challenges that our world faces now from a meta communications and organizing standpoint, um, as well as from uh, the kind of current infrastructure of the, the world as it is. And so I'm on the board of a few national organizations, a global organizations, and I, I get involved in those spaces as well. And so that kind of brings me to the present moment where I'm still working on Powerline and we're getting ready for our next release. And I'm still very involved in all sorts of communities and organizations and and on the phone with you now. <laughs> <laughs> You're a busy guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, All right. Which is why I'm down at my parents' house and <laughs> getting some recharge time. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, brother. All right. Let's let's go back to something because, uh, you know, I this the section that you'll be featured in uh, many, but right now is really this innovation uh, um, uh, section, and there's a lot of us. Um, that people don't realize where we're all starting to connect to each other finally. Um, but I can guarantee you that just like me, and I talked to Samantha Thomas, uh, you know, the other day, um, you know, and others, you know, we have felt alone because you're like, you know, you have these mm, going against the stream ideas uh, that maybe, you know, people are feeling, but, you know, they're not taking the charge. You know, we're used to, you know, with the herd, just follow or, you know, the same old, same old. But we're talking about changing paradigm type of things. And sure. people that do that um, a lot of times feel alone and think they're alone. But the fact is, is that we're not. And and uh, thank, thank God for the technology that can connect us so quickly um, and the things that we can do and to collaborate. And that's what we're talking about is to utilizing technology as an assistant, not as the... <laughs> take over all cyborg right. not as a replacement not as a replacement we're talking about assisting we have to do the work so i want to go back to something you said you were working with deloitte um mm -hmm. i don't think people this is a, a very large in, in in a company and can you tell us a little bit about deloitte and uh wonderful company um but mm -hmm. kind of you what you said you were doing some things there but you also said that you you weren't fulfilled and you and you left because again people who are doing this work they're like Oh, you had all this money before, and how come you don't have any money now? And how come you're not working a job? What's going on? And I, 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 I want to show people I'm not the only one. There's other people like me, <laughs> and I'm not that yeah. crazy. So, kind of tell us what happened with that and that 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 whole uh, scenario from Deloitte to yeah. There, there's so many points on that, Michael. Go ahead. The loneliness Go for it. factor, and you know, just let me just to, to immediately answer your question. Deloitte is a large uh, professional services firm. They do accounting, audit. Uh, management consulting, financial advisory, and phenomenal company, uh, consistently rated as one of the best places to work. Um, people are uh, very uh, challenged there, and it's a very communal place, very um, forward-thinking in terms of its inclusivity. They just created, I think, a 16-week paternity leave program, for example. It's mm -hmm. a very, it's a great company. I didn't leave Deloitte because of Deloitte. I left Deloitte because I was searching for more uh, Jesse fulfillment, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so the so Deloitte is a great place. I um, had a lot of experiences working from the management consulting side with uh, the healthcare industry, with it, within media, within um, technology, and it was a 
phenomenal place to work. But you know, making that shift from working at a solid, you know, a solid income, you know, sort of uh, uh, situation to going down the path of entrepreneurship and change making, et cetera, was a very big jump. And I don't think I knew the, the jump that it was really going to be until probably a year in. Um, and I've been in the startup phase, quote unquote, longer than many entrepreneurs end up being in. And that's for a variety of reasons that are just too, too much to go into. At yeah, the me time. too. But because of that, you know, like it's been a process that I can reflect on mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, tease out more lessons learned in a way um, that I, you know, that you and I have talked about in the past and I think are very relevant for people who are just getting into the space or worried about the space that they're in. I mean, to your previous point, technology is helping us connect at, you know, an unbelievable rate compared to where we were in the past from a change-making community standpoint. But at the same time, I think the community at a subconscious level, subconscious collective level, is starting to come to terms with the fact that the same old ways of doing things, uh, what got us here will not get us there, so to speak. Um, And so I think that people are starting to realize that competition within the change-making space and, you know, creating a positive future, et cetera, is not, you know, competition is not the best sort of solution for that all the time. It has its place, but we need more collaboration. We need more interconnection. We need more uh, engagement with each other. And that really brings us to the point that you're making in terms of uh, finding that sense of of belonging Mm -hmm. um, and community. Um, I got a, uh, a great honor and recognition this past summer when I was um, included as one of the Ashoka 2016 Emerging Innovators. And so we, there was like 20 of us who sat down in the room in New York, um, and these people are just doing phenomenal things. Okay, let me, sta- it, let me, let me interject yeah, sure. here, just for the people. What, learning here, what is Ashoka? Explain what that is. Sure, yeah. So first, if you haven't heard about Ashoka and you're into the change-making space, strongly recommend that you take a look at their organization. It's Ashoka.org, A-S-H-O-K-A. Dot org. Um, great nonprofits started by Bill Drayton in the late 1980s, I believe, to really take a pattern-changing, uh, systemic-change-minded approach towards creating uh, positive world change. Um, and they have really built a brand for themselves in terms of being within the change-making space. In fact, they created the term social entrepreneur. I was just going to um, say, what because th- th- people don't understand what that means. So uh, let's just take some time to to, to fill sure. this out here. What is a social entrepreneur according to Ashoka? Because I I'm, I was pretty sure that they d- did kind of coin that term. Yeah, they they did coin the term, and I don't know their exact definition, but right. in terms of my interpretation, it's basically uh, someone who's looking to create an enterprise that's looking to create good for um, communities of people um, in a different way than the sort of um, traditional business definition of creating value for a consumer. This is more less about consumption and um, business per se, as much as it's about issues that are important for human rights or for living a decent life, education, health care, clean water, food, poverty, democracy, civic engagement, etc. And, um, and so Ashoka really plays in that space of all of these sort of thematic areas of how to create a better life for people. So whether it's, you know, Flint, Michigan and it's clean water, or if it's, you know, 
Southern mm-hmm. California and its water <laughs> in general, um, you know, it's a different, uh, you know, it's a, it's a community that brings people uh, from all over together. One of the great um, social entrepreneurs um, in the world created uh, the Grameen Microfinance Bank in India. And, uh, you know, this we're talking about lending on the scale of a few dollars here or there, which can make a, an enormous amount of impact in some areas of the world. They're part of this community. And so Mohammed um, Yunus is who you're speaking of. Yes, 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 yes. Mohammed Yunus. Thank you for yes. the Grameen Bank. Um, and uh, the you know, this community has been one of the kind of. Uh, stable forces within the change-making space that has consistently existed for, at this point, over 30 years um, to kind of bring people together and give people a sense of that, you know, coming back to the previous point, that solidarity, that purpose, that belonging, um, because it can be lonely. Um, It can seem like the world is not on the same page as you, but in, in essence, it's only your immediate network, maybe that um, that lends you to think that way. In fact, right. there are many thousands, yeah. if not more, um, that are actually very interested in change making. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, you went. You were at Deloitte. You left because you were really uh, going towards this change making space of your own. You felt a calling, a leading to 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 do something um, in this world and. What did that lead you to, and what's been your experience with that? Because you left, a, I'm sure, a very good paying job to having a startup that has lasted now eight years <laughs> or more. Yeah, four. Or, yeah, four. Four years, but, okay. No, I, yeah, That's I, my so story. I, Mine is I, the, yeah, eight or more. Yeah. <laughs> so I graduated at University of Maryland 2008, um, five years at Deloitte. Um, during there's a few kind of historically significant moments happening in that time frame, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to list them out with no particular order or preference per se. But you have the election of Barack Obama in 2008. You have the Tea Party in 2010. You have Occupy Wall Street in 2011. You have the debt ceiling debacle um, around the 2011 through 2013 time frame. By the time 2013 came around, it was so clear that be, working 60 to 80 hours a week at Deloitte was preventing not just me, but preventing all of my colleagues from being active citizens in the world. Mm. Um, you know, this is a group of people who I highly respect. Obviously, Deloitte is not the only company to have people like this. This is the situation, I would say, in many enterprise environments where mm-hmm. you got a great group of people coming together, but they're working really hard. And because they're working really hard, by the end of the week, you know, you can't blame them if they want to spend some time on leisure mm-hmm. um, and on their family and play rather than, you know, going out and being involved in the world that beyond that exists beyond work, family, right. friends, and play. And you just um, described most companies, most people. That's what's exactly right. what's happening. Right. And, and so that was, you know, 2013. And, you know, if I look back on it, I, I'd be, I'd be, I would not be telling the truth if I said that I saw the trend line as clearly as I do now. But there's very clearly to me a movement afoot um, in the U.S. and around the world, you know, later represented by the, by the Arab Spring and by um, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, et cetera. And there's just a whole movement of people who are standing up, looking to get engaged, et cetera. And yet the technology 
for them to be engaged while the capacity, the, the, the technological capabilities may exist, the product does not. Um, and that's really what mm. kind of mm-hmm. drove the, the choice to the decision to leave um, Deloitte, which was, again, not easy. Um, you know, to your previous point, it was a very stable, very comfortable um, job and income and career trajectory, et cetera. Like a lot of things would have, you know, been taken care of had I stayed there. But there was also this, you know, element of kind of a growing internal desire to want to be engaged with these sort of important issues that were impacting not just the local community, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, even more so the the global the global space. And, you know, we don't need to go down into the details now, but the the world has a lot of issues, um, and it had, to be clear, a lot of issues before the election, and it will have a lot of, you know, issues over the next four to eight, 20, for the rest of time. Right. Um, but I think in order for us to have a lowercase d democratic, democratically built future and world, that we need to be able um, to have a way to engage with each other with our leaders, with our communities, our organizations, and our governments at local, state, national, et cetera. Um, and we just don't have the right tools for that right now. Twitter's not the right tool. Facebook's not the right tool. These are great products, great services, but they're not the rightly designed tools, purposely designed tools for democracy okay. to engage in civil society. That, let's, you're, the way that you just said that is great. It's not that the technology, and I want to say technology, we have... Uh, you could say social media. We have w- mobile technology. We have uh, computer. We have all these different things. It's it's the fact is what you're saying is is that you're saying that you saw a wait a minute. These things are not meshing together or not connected right. together right. properly. Uh, we could use these things, but why why aren't we doing this so we can be more efficient in this area in this area? And you saw a great need for that. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the the line that I like to use often, and now at the end of 2016, it's even more poignant than it was a year ago, <laughs> is we literally have self-landing rockets, self-driving cars, and more power in our smartphones than it took to send a man to the moon. Wow. But we do not know who our elected leaders are. Exactly. <laughs> we do not have a good way for people to come together, whether it be in their town of, you know, the town of Hoboken, or whether it be the country, or whether it be your union, your PTA, your student government, doesn't matter what it is. We do not have the right tools for people to come together and actually enact and affect change. And I think that is creating a lot of the instability that we're seeing in in U.S. society, but also around the world, this gap between leaders and communities. And, you know, institutional leadership, whether that, that be the president of the United States, the president of the PTA, et cetera, that leadership layer needs to be able to engage with, influence, and respond to the community in order for those uh, institutions to remain relevant and to deliver the sort of change and impact that people expect them to. So long as they don't, you know, you, you, we should not be surprised when we see people marching in the streets, should not be surprised when we see uh, some of the news coverage that we see because the systems aren't working. And that's because of, in my view, and this goes down a rabbit hole, so stop me, but, you know, mm. it's because of a toxic culture of top-down leadership. And that toxic culture is enabled by a suite of technology tools out there 
that were never designed for the needs of leaders or large groups of people. Right. Okay. And that's really what we're working towards. Absolutely. Oh, well, I, I know I was like, here we go. Uh, we have so many different things. All right. So I want to get there because I want I want to get a visual out there for people here. All right. Sure. Be, not to get too technical and not to get into the to the weeds, as my friend Louise would say. Um, all right. You just described something huge. Now, this is why I, I was so impressed with what you were doing. I'm like, that's exactly you know, the things we need. I'm, of course, an integrationist, meaning I a polysynthesizer, a synthesizer. I, can, I look at different tools or technologies and go, oh, well, you put this together to create this and put this together as a whole system. The fact is, to me, to me, I know this. Everything that we have, it's time for to integrate things. It, this is literally, if people would, re, that's the point I want to get you to realize. You, we have the tools, the technology, to literally liberate anything, any part of, of humanity in any way you can, any shape or form that you could think of. We have it. it the, we don't need any more technology. What we need to do is to put the technologies and the systems. Okay, in place in order to benefit people so that they are aware, conscious, empowered beings Um, and decide. Do you even I keep saying it. Do you even want this system? Not even saying do you want. Let's just now with the technology that we have show you how the system's working and uh, or not working. And then let's use these tools and technologies through new systems of how you can change it. All right. Because. The fact is, is that, you know, you see marching the streets. These are when when I see that now that to me, that says people feel disempowered. They don't feel like they have any power. And what I'm hearing from you and what I'm seeing in and I know from you and what I'm saying is, you guys, we're going to help empower you. There are you are you are powerful, powerful, powerful beings. Now, let's use the technologies and tools in, in a way that we can help you to realize this, that we can help you understand this. Uh, uh, one of the big, big things in the household uh, where I'm living in, we always talk about this. They're like every year. Oh, well, what I'm voting for who? I don't even know uh, who this is. First of all, then there's the judge thing, uh, the judge on the ballot. It's like, there's no one to po- there's no one to vote for. So, oh, just vote for that. That's that's insane to me. And you don't even know what these people are doing. What, why? So we could create things that... We know every single thing about them, not sensationalism, but really, who are they? What Do we really want them in office? Can we vote for them and know that my vote is counted? There's a lot of things in there that we can do. And that's in this space where I was so impressed with what you have come up with and what you're doing and that I want to integrate with. Um, and yeah. so a segue to that, you want to kind of talk about what... Uh, you created from this, you know, revelation that you had. Yeah, no, and and I just to follow up on that. Yeah. Though, you know, like this, this, we are living in a time of an ex- of extraordinary abundance, but extra- extraordinary inequality, and not just in terms of economic and financial security inequality, but in terms of power. Right? There is yeah. a remarkable we as mankind as a species. To your previous point, we have a remarkable amount of capability right now like we can do so many different things like and and it's hard to remember this because we are operating within an infrastructure that is basically at least 50 years old yes right so like within the u.s context 
you know, we're basically operating in so many places as if it's still the 1970s. And I'm not talking about like leveraging technologies like Skype or smartphones. I'm talking about like the mindset that the population and, and groups of people have in terms of what's even capable. I mean, when you talk about robots and automation and technology and, you know, we can feed every person on the planet. Do we have a population overpopulation problem and a growing one? Yes. Um, but there's no doubt about that, but we have the technology to do it. Have we been orchestrating it and, and putting it together to deliver said food for the masses? No. Um, and, and that has, that is a direct reflection of not just governments, but businesses and community organizations that are unbalanced in their power. And, and too many times do we hear, and this kind of fits into the top down leadership, uh, toxic leadership culture concept where people are speaking on behalf of underrepresented and marginalized communities mm -hmm. and problematic issues. And while it's always good to have allies, um, the more important priority must be providing uh, these folks with the tools and information that they require to act in their own right. I mean, it's a very akin to going into Iraq. You cannot install a democracy. People need to come together and demand it themselves. Mm. Um, and in that same way, in the U.S. context, uh, we cannot go and simply uh, you know, give people equality they need to fight for it, and so on and so forth. And so these tools um, are, are, are critically important because the tools we have now, and I'll segue into, into the question that you yeah. had, um, the tools that we have now really aren't designed for balancing that power. I mean, in a, in a very major way, and I mean this respectfully to, to uh, the Facebook team and to uh, Twitter, et cetera, yeah. um, we have been living in a, in a technological universe that is ad revenue driven. So their priority is to sell more ads. In other words, to get more eyeballs on ad content, so to generate more revenue. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But let's be very clear that this does create um, a subtle conflict in terms of balancing out power, because when it's time for a leader like, you know, whether it be Barack Obama or Donald Trump or the president of your PTA, how do they get through all those ads, right? Mm -hmm. I'm oversimplifying here, but the concept is still the same. In order to break through all the noise, you need to have a direct line of communication between the leader, whether that be a positional leader or some organic leader, grassroots leader within the community, and the rest of the community, right? That direct connection needs to exist, and that's where the, that's where the name Powerline comes from, right, is this connection to power that we each have, but we need to have purposely designed infrastructure to support. I need to have a line of power between me and my mayor and me and the rest of the community where there is no conflicting interest that's getting between me and them, but while also at the same time being sensitive to and managing the very delicate balance of not creating more noise it, where, where it does not need to, to exist. Um, and that has been a large part of the research that we've done over the last few years is creating a broad spectrum of engagement, different opportunities for people to be engaged with the world beyond work, family, friends, mm -hmm. and play that is accessible, meaningful, and impactful without being overwhelming, without being confusing, without being uh, distracting 
um, towards other priorities that people have in their life. And Mm -hmm. so this definition of the power line between leaders and communities and citizens and communities and citizens and leaders and so on and so forth is the um, is the primary uh, underpinning and foundation of what we've been looking to build. And so when I describe the app to people, it, it, it sounds very simple, but there's a ton of nuances in terms of how it's designed to address that that power line concept. And we automatically connect you to your local, state, and national elected leaders. We automatically connect you to your town, state, and country groups, but you can create or join any other groups that you want within any of these groups, whether it be your town group or your student group or your union or your business. You can create posts and petitions that are um, visible to everyone else in the group, and Hmm. and the leaders can send polls and fundraisers and discussions and petitions and events and announcements that further from the leadership standpoint, will definitely break through and reach everyone in the group. And from the citizen perspective, while they won't, you know, be able to hit all, you know, 50,000 people in, in their town on, on the moment that they hit the send button, although the mayor can, mm-hmm. um, if they get enough support for their, for their post or their petition movement, their issue, then it will get boosted out to the rest of the community so that people can engage and have effectively the same level of power as if they were the mayor, as long as it has been uh, sort of reviewed and approved by other members of the community first. And so, you know, this is, it's a communications issue. You and I have talked about this in other other contexts. I really do not feel that the challenges of our time are an ideological issue. If you either... You either accept that the world needs improvement or you don't. Right. If you do accept the world needs improvement, then the best way to go about creating real solutions to the problems that we have is to gather as many perspectives as possible hmm. and put ideology to the side. And, and gathering those perspectives and driving you know, messages forward and influencing, engaging, connecting with people is a communications challenge. It's not a political challenge. It's per se. It's not a yeah. ideological challenge per se. It's a communications challenge. And so we don't have the right communications tools now to do that. And that's part of what Powerline is designed to do in a way that recognizes that Facebook is for friends. You know, Twitter is for, uh, you know, uh, broadcasting and publishing and LinkedIn is for professionals and so on and so forth. Right. There's a place for each of these. But now too many of our organizations, mm. movements, networks, et cetera, are trying to use tools that weren't designed for those purposes. And that's why we keep on running into this uh, growing gap and distrust and, yes. and, and you know, et cetera. Yes, yes. Jesse, yes. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is so wonderful. Like I said, we'll of course be talking more, but there's so many delicious things in there that I want to address. Um, first of all, uh, thank you, thank you for 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 doing this and and taking the lead on that specifically. And I want to discuss this with people who are you know entrepreneurs or visionaries or innovators, however you want to choose to call yourself or term yourself. Um, it is very key to realize that you you can go, oh, I want to create something like Twitter or I want to create something like Facebook or LinkedIn or, or on what or well, the the fact is is that these companies or these tools were created uh, from a a vision and a mission, all right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. let's just call it a seed, okay? And so whatever that seed is that you grow your tree from is going to be, it's going to keep producing that seed, all right? Um, And what I just heard from you is you said those were, things like that are designed for a specific reason. Go back to Ashoka, social entrepreneurship. We're talking about creating things actually 
with the proper seed in place first. And when you have that seed or that mission or vision in place first, then everything that you're doing will come from that. And and there aren't any tools that were, and I say tools or, or let's say platforms that I know of uh, specifically that are you know addressing these things uh, as you're stating what Powerline you created to do. Um, with that, first with that in, in, involved, uh, yes, you can do things and shout things out on Twitter and all that, but the fact is, is that there's so much noise there. It wasn't created for that. These companies, again, I love these, we will be talking to these people, Facebook, Twitter, all these these wonderful people who started these companies. Fantastic. It has changed the world. It has shown people how you can communicate, how you can quickly get information out there, all right? Wonderful. That's what it was for. It's a tool. Now let's utilize these tools because that's easy. It's easy to put up a a platform or anything that you have out there. I mean, it's all the same, but let's create systems and tools now that actually work for you. And when you are engaged in that and when you can help actually grow that or co-create it, that's when you know your power. And that's what I hear you saying is that you created something that people can, um, really own themselves uh, and feel empowered um, themselves. Right. Would that be correct? I, yeah. I, I was just going to say, Michael, you know, it, this, this seed concept, I really like what you're saying there. And I think that that's good advice to any entrepreneur out there is a foundation of purpose, right? Of real purpose. What is your social mission? What are you looking to accomplish? If your goal is to go out and get rich, right, there are a lot of yes. much easier ways to do that yeah. than to go start a company. And nothing right? nothing you know, wrong with that. Right. And there's nothing wrong with it. Right, exactly. But there's easier ways to do it than <laughs> going out and creating your own enterprise. Right. Um, of course, there are you know also ways to do that within the enterprise environment, too. But if you are going to be honest about change making. You're going to be honest about making the world a better place. And you have a very specific definition of how the world becomes better and how everyday people are impacted in a way that is kind of separated from commerce to an extent, then you then you really need to have the seed that, that's there at, at the beginning. And so if your goal is to go out and make commerce and, and trade and business, you know, better, there is that there's that's absolutely needed and absolutely important. Um, but when it comes from a, a the social enterprise, the Ashoka, you know, aspect of it, and I can't speak on behalf of the brand, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's definitely this level of being grounded in purpose where real people's lives are directly impacted um, from, you know, from, from a very basic level, you know, in terms of creating a decent quality of life. And again, you know, this notion of access, you know, food security and water and, mm-hmm. and criminal justice and civil rights, I mean, these sorts of things are all part of making that person's life better. I mean, the, you know, there's, there's a joke and I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. phrase, so maybe I shouldn't try to say it, but the, <laughs> the, the, the joke is, you know, like no one cares about how quickly you can upload, you know, your, 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 your phone, your phone pictures to Snapchat or whatever, if they're trying to get a clean glass of water, right? Like right, there's, right, there's a difference right. there. Yeah. And, you know, this is a problem that we have in the United States. You know, this is, you know, a lot of people, because of our own brand, our own culture, our own media, we don't really cover these issues, but one in five children are going to bed hungry in the United States. And one in six are, you know, are, are, are fighting p- poverty basically. 
um, in the United States, the richest country in, in, in the world. And so we kind of have to ask ourselves as we create new products and services, whether they are explicitly social, socially driven in their purpose or not, how those businesses and organizations, et cetera, can be socially responsible and sensitive to the fact that whatever their activities are doing, how can they be, you know, how can we address LGBTQ and gender equality and, uh, you know, equal pay and all sorts of different elements to, you know, the creating a good world in your enterprise, even if it has nothing to do with a social mission, mm-hmm. right? Even yes. if you're out there, you know, selling cookies on the side of the street, you know, where is your, where are your products being sourced to? Yes. You know, are you, you know, very equal and in terms of the, not just the treatment of your customers and your employees, but in terms of society in general, is there a benefit for you, you know, taking a, uh, a a um, a pivot, if you will, to go focus on an underprivileged or you know marginalized community somewhere. You know, there's elements to that that there's just a level of consciousness yes. that I think that people um, will become increasingly sensitive to, specifically with the millennial generation mm-hmm. um, as we move forward. Because the way it's working right now is that the markets, uh, while very effective in creating innovation and and creating. Um, extraordinary luxuries and, and, and amazing experiences for, for society at large, um, they do leave people behind. And so we need to be honest about what, you know, what the limitations and constraints, as well as the benefits of those markets are. And, and I think every entrepreneur needs to think about that, you know, from day one. Absolutely. And you, my, my favorite thing, hence the things that I've been working on and creating for the eight or 10, 12 more, more years uh, have to do with and, and connecting us together so that we can, every, let me, let me step back here. Everyone is not at the same place. And then when I say that word, that doesn't mean a lower or a higher or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you yep, know, yep. better. It means we all have a different perspective. I'm seeing from the West, you're seeing from, you know, from the East side, wonderful perspective. We're seeing different things. And so we're going to have different ways of perceiving and cre- co-creating creating from that space, all right? But it's all part of the same thing. And what I'm saying is, is that instead of being so disconnected, let's say, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you working on? Instead of being afraid, afraid entrepreneurs of sharing your ideas, and if you, cause, because someone's going to take it, um, share your ideas so that people can support your ideas and that we can um, integrate them Okay, if you're working on this, well, oh, if you're working on that, I could create this to help you. Oh, and you're working on this. Oh, oh, that would support you. Oh, will this support all of us? Oh, isn't that amazing how it just all starts fitting together and not being afraid that, um, you know, you're going to lose out. Uh, You know, things like Facebook or Twitter, these were things. This is me speaking now from from my perspective. I'm not saying this is the gospel truth to me. These things were, were meant to show the planet. Look at what you can do. Look at what's here. Right. But once yeah. that is done, you're not going to be a Facebook. Okay, you guys? There's, there's 7 billion people on the planet. Not 7 billion of us are going to create a, a, a massive, gigantic, globalized business. But we can be a part of it. We can be a part of co-creating things and doing the things that you love to do. Do you really want to run a Facebook or a Twitter? Do you know how much energy and time right, right. That take, that's, it's exhausting. I want to start and create things. I don't want to run all those things, but I can come up with ideas 
every second of every day. And that's what I love to do. Influence people. Yes. And influence people and open their minds to different, you know, possibilities that exist. I completely agree with you, you know, in this notion of not everyone is at the same place. And specifically where you say that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, anything is less or greater than other. It's just this difference of perspective is huge. And this is why, Michael, and I've said it before, and I'm really starting to dial dial in on this because in terms of of creating systemic change on the planet which you know i'm of the camp is desperately needed we need to really provide the space for people to share perspectives yes. with each other let alone have a leadership layer whether that be within government or non-government institutions that is listening to said perspectives but each person individually needs to hear out these different perspectives too and i know this is very difficult especially in the united states mm-hmm. right now with the partisan <laughs> divide that we have but you know i am someone who spend a lot of time because of the nature of my work over the last few years i have been forced to spend a lot of time speaking to people from both all ends of the spectrum um and it has been an eye-opening experience mm. because I am very committed to keeping Powerline nonpartisan. We're not behind a particular ideology or a party or a candidate or an issue. We're just generally about democratic communication, lowercase d, democratic communication. And for me, maintaining that nonpartisan element was so important that I proactively sought out hearing from people who I didn't really agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has made me so much more of an effective influencer and and local activist because I'm able to understand what the other side is saying, so to speak, um, and help serve as a bridge for, for people. This notion of sharing yes. different perspectives, I think, is crucial from a change-making and entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship standpoint, because whatever idea you had in your head, it is not enough, right? It's just not enough on your own. You, mm-hmm. need, to, you, know, you need to strengthen it um, with the perspectives of others specifically those who are critical. Now, that doesn't mean that they should control your destination, but you need to be able to embolden and strengthen, I don't know what the right word is, fortify your own vision by opening yourself up to criticism and opening yourself up to collaboration, specifically with the people who are maybe not on the same page as you. Yes. Um, You know, and both the Republican and the Democratic parties in this way both got their asses handed to them, excuse my <laughs> language, you know, because the Republicans, you had Donald Trump who comes in and takes out 16 establishment candidates because he's doing this, right? And then you have the Democrats, you have Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, who went, a Democratic Socialist went from 5% to 50% in the polls because he was doing this. So these, these two entities were listening to people who the establishment, quote unquote, was at least presumed by many to not be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that as entrepreneurs, we all want, in order for our concepts to work, to your previous point, we need to be able to collaborate with those that we not just agree with, but that we also don't agree with. Yes. And that is an art that's missing from our current dynamic. Yes. Jesse, yes. (laughs) Well said, brother. (laughs) That is it. And on that note with collaboration... Uh, I'm so excited we're finally doing this. This is just, I'm so excited. I'll tell you, I'm, you know, without getting into it, we'll get into this in another segment. Um, You know, with the election, we've been talking about this. I said it in my first, like, introduction podcast before, you know, the the election happened. I'm like, you know, this fighting thing. We, we, I'm about... (sighs) 
You guys, it is about truly all the sages you heard, all the things we've heard about loving and forgiving one another is true. And and I know, I know that it's it's difficult when you when you see a news clip and you um, see these sound bites and this person, man or woman, is you know saying these things. And uh, if you agree with them, it's wonderful. If you don't, it feels like you're being taken over. It feels like they're getting ready to rule rule you, and your country is going to end. Your world is going to end. The, the our team, their team mindset. Yes. And I'm here to tell you that it's never true. It's never been true. You have all the power. Uh, when you feed that fire, when you feed that idea, and you start um, fighting it, you start acting as if you don't, they have power or they're, they're this evil person, you're going to start attracting that type of thing to you. Okay, you'll start seeing things that way. And even though it may not be that way, you're just going to see it that way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a, you know, people that we call crazy, you go, well, that's not you're not, that's not even real. You're not seeing that they think it's real, because they've practiced it over and over. And their brain synapses now see this, Uh, you know, you see, (laughs) you know, this person everywhere. And what I'm saying is this, you guys, it is time to come together to Cut that out to, to, to let that uh, be in the old age. That is an old paradigm, an old way of thinking and being that people could control you. They can control you that way. They do control you that way. They do. They don't have any power over you. They don't. They do not. But if you believe they do and you act like they do, then they do. Okay? Because yeah. you're giving it to him. So what Jesse and I are saying is, you guys... There is a way that we can do things differently. And there's other people out there doing it. And what we're saying is let's come together. Let's collaborate together with our various ideas. And Jesse and I and others have, I believe, amazing ways that we have downloaded research. Research, you said something about that before. Because these aren't just ideas of like, let's create this business and an idea to create good for the world and make tons of money. It is takes years of research. I have spent over 20 years in research and development to do the things that I'm doing and to connect to the people I'm connected to. Um, that's why I met you. You know, I would have never have met you like that because I didn't even know what a social entrepreneur was in 2008. You know, I didn't know any concepts, but I had ideas. Um, and, you know, in doing my research and in learning, um, you things become more clear. And I encourage all of you to who are doing these things to do, continue to do your research, but to start collaborating. It may not be with us. It doesn't have to be. But when you just start collaborating with people with that respect and with that mindset, um, we will have a different world. We will change this and quickly. Um, and so, yeah. Jesse, yes, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just going to say, you know, the, the rapid the rap the opportunity for rapid change is really here and it's not just because of the technology it's because we are on the brink from a you know and this may sound a little you know cosmic or hokey pokey to people but it's true we're on the brink of a collective conscious or collect a revolution in collective consciousness um there is just this extraordinary uh you know uh, critical mass that we are um approaching if not already at the point where it's going to only change take a few different initiatives here and there to create the, the watershed uh, ripple effect that's going to be needed to, to achieve the sort of world that we want and need. Um, and, and I'm, you know, just completely in agreement with, with you, Mike, in terms of, you know, how much of a, 
opportunity this presents to all change makers and, and do-gooders out there, um, you know, you can uh, do well by doing good. Um, and it may be under a different set of values. It may be under, you know, different uh, pretense than the culture that you are raised uh, raised in, but it's possible. Um, and and I certainly have been, I've been, you know, out of Deloitte now for uh, three, three and a half years. Um, and it's possible to do it, and it's worth doing it. It's so worth doing it. So I, I, I really appreciate, Michael, you uh, including me in this, and, and I, I'm really looking forward to uh, to being engaged with you in the program in the, in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. Yes, I am too, Jesse. You're you're an amazing person, and uh, you're spot on, and you have it. And um, you guys were going to be out here. Uh, I'm, we're launching these podcast series. Jesse's, you you also do a podcast, and we're going to be um, highlighting those on Cocoon sure. as well. Um, and uh, of course, Powerline, where do they get in touch right now? We're going to, Jesse and I have been talking about this, but we're, the whole point of all this is we're going to start integrating these technologies that with all the people we're talking to. We're, we're going to show you what collaboration is. And so even though Jesse's working on Powerline has it, there's ways for us to connect these things all together, you guys, uh, to be so powerful. Um, and so, Jesse, how do they right now uh, connect with you and Powerline? Sure. Well, you can find us, you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook or at Powerline app. Um, for Twitter and uh, Facebook.com slash Powerline app for, for Facebook. Um, you can reach out to us via email, uh, info at P-O-W-E-R-L-I dot N-E. Um, and, you know, there's, you also have the podcast, my podcast, which is uh, Connect the Dots, and that's on SoundCloud and also available on iTunes. Um, and in, in terms of our app itself, um, we are we are struggling to cross the finish line, but we're going to within the next couple of weeks <laughs> with our next release. Um, our old release is still available on Apple and Android in the app stores. Just search for the Powerline app. And uh, you'll eventually come down to though it's the one with the blue logo and the P. So, um, but yeah, please feel free to reach out, and um, you know we look forward to collaborating, engaging, and and figuring out ways that we can make our technology more useful to to others. And um, certainly, I look forward to more collaborations with you, Michael, as well. Indeed, indeed, Jesse. Hey, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. We're going to be out there, you guys, uh, collaborating. Do uh, we're going? I'm going on tour, bringing Jesse in to do some speaking and talking and sharing. And then we're going to start integrating this. So you will see that, you know, we are community crowdfunding and various projects here. But uh, to get us going, that's what we're all working on together. You're going to support um, each and every person that you see here through these podcasts by uh, supporting the various things that we're doing in whatever way that is. If it's money, if it's your time, if it's learning, we want you to learn and to and to educate yourself. That's the most powerful thing that you can do. Um, and let's all do this, you guys. We have it. We have the power. <laughs> and we're going to start utilizing it uh, with love and with respect and with honoring one another. Um, so Jesse, I say the same to you. I thank you so much and for what you're doing and, uh, we are grateful. Mutual. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk to you very soon, Jesse. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Okay. Take care. You've been listening to the open door podcast series. The open door is part of the cocoon, the creative action centers of online open source networks. Tune in weekly where we share ideas on consciousness, health, and creativity together. We are taking action where the 99% transform into 100%.